Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety, take their power back, and learn how to create a truly beautiful life. Each week, I'm speaking with amazing individuals who are experts in the field of entrepreneurship, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, sex, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a mom, a blogger, and a certified health coach. I'm obsessed with personal growth and change, and I've helped women all around the world regain alignment with what they truly value in life and remove the blocks preventing them from living their life to the fullest. If you're ready to stop living a half-life and move fully into your power, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here, especially because this week I'm sitting down with the amazing Mark Sisson. Mark is a New York Times bestselling author. He's a wildly popular blogger. Uh, He was a competitive athlete, and he also runs the company The Primal Blueprint. So of course, we talk about all things health and nutrition. He has so much knowledge on that. But of course, on the show, I always have to get super deep with my guests, and I wanted to know his philosophy on how to live a truly beautiful life. And he revealed that it's all about being present, incorporating pleasure into life and having fun in your work. And, you know, that alone I think is really valuable for you, the listener. Um, And I also love how he stresses that it's never too late. It's never too late to take control of your health and it's never too late to be present and grateful and really live life to the fullest. So I hope you enjoy the lessons that Mark shares and uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. This is the Finnish company providing you with amazing medicinal mushrooms to add to your coffee or hot water every single day. I like the chaga for the immune boosting properties. I love, love, love the cordyceps as a pre-workout, and it's also really good for the libido, whether you're a man or a woman. And I like the lion's mane. It gives me mental focus. I'll add that to um, some hot water at like 2.30 in the afternoon, and I am focused and energized, and I don't need to be reaching for that chocolate even though I really enjoy chocolate too. Um, And I like the reishi uh, at night before bed. So when I'm reading my book at night, uh, I just have some hot tea and I add some reishi to it and I just feel really relaxed. Um, So if you use the code UNSTRESSED at checkout, you will save 15%. This episode is also sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD Supplements. Guys, I'm so proud of this. I can't wait to release it to you coming very, very soon. Um, And CBDs, if you're not really sure what that is, it's cannabis oil. And we all have CBD in our body. It's called endocannabinoids. And when it comes from a plant, the hemp plant, it's called phytocannabinoids. So it's really a supplement to make sure that that supply in your body is at a good, stable level. And when it is, your body is in homeostasis. So you feel more grounded. You don't feel stressed. You don't feel anxious. It actually helps with so many other ailments. Um, You might want to check that out. Google that. And then I've also added ashwagandha, which is something that I've used for years to battle stress and anxiety and just feel more grounded and calm. Uh, And there's also green tea extract, which is a proven major antioxidant. So all of these things working together in the supplements um, to just give you a really great tool to help your body battle stress and anxiety. I really can't wait to share it with you. Coming soon. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. This is a school that I went to for health coaching. It was honestly life-changing. I could go on and on, uh, but it really, truly was. Um, If you want to check out more about a class or the curriculum, just head on over to my website, Motherhood Unstressed. I've got all that there. And if you end up on a discovery call, just mention my name, Elizabeth Carlisle. You'll receive a host of goodies, including a Vitamix mixer, and also $1,000 off tuition. 
Well, hey, Mark, I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, I have admired your work for honestly a long time. Um, And just to uh, give our audience some context first about you, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of background about you and the events in your life that led you to being a best-selling author and entrepreneur? Sure. Um, You know, I was always chasing um, longevity and performance from a very young age. I just was fascinated by the human body and what it could do. So um, I started uh, running primarily as a means of getting to and from school uh, when I was very young and uh, read some books on health and fitness and sort of coincided with my running to school. It looked like the more I ran, the healthier my heart would be. And then I'd live longer. So that made good sense to me. So I sort of went down that path for quite some time. I read books on how to fuel for that activity, how to how to eat right. And it seemed conventional wisdom of the day was a diet based in complex carbohydrates. Well, a diet based in carbohydrates, some of which were complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, you know, I got uh, just I wound up being a fairly well-trained runner from the work I was doing. And so I started entering uh, track and field events and then road races and kind of before I knew it, I was one of the top runners in the country at long distance uh, and finished uh, fifth in the U.S. National Championships in the marathon in 1980. But I was uh, sort of falling apart from all of the training I was doing and from the diet. The diet was very, we know now, was very uh, inflammatory. And uh, so I had all these injuries and itises and afflictions and I'd get sick a lot and I had tendonitis and I had irritable bowel syndrome and I was kind of a wreck. Um, I could race fast, but I was kind of uh, a wreck on the inside. And so um, I I had to kind of pivot away from uh, being a high level athlete and kind of figuring out where I'd made mistakes and where I'd been listening to the wrong uh, conventional wisdom, the wrong advice. And uh, that led me down a path of self-exploration. It's been 40 years now, but basically it's about um, uncovering ways in which I can achieve what I wanted, I I can become still strong and fast and lean and fit and healthy, uh, but without all that struggling and sacrificing, with all all the calorie counting and the portion control and everything else that goes with it. Uh, And my my research, just I started to compile all this research over the years, um, wrote my first book in 1982. It was actually on training for triathlons, but Mm -hmm. uh, the research continued to pile up and I started to see a pattern that uh, if we ate more in the uh, the way our ancestors did. We followed that sort of ancestral pattern of eating and sleeping and sun exposure uh, and play and movement that we would um, be in a much better position to allow our bodies to express themselves. That would be a genetic sort of effect of um, allowing the recipe, the DNA recipe that we all have within us to manifest itself into that strong, lean, fit, healthy individual that our genes want us to become. So my, um, my, my, my life way, my ideas sort of coalesced in a, uh, in a blog I started in 2006 called Mark's Daily Apple. And I would espouse all these ideas and put them out there. And some of them were really quite wacky in those <laughs> days, not anymore. Mm. And um, like, you know, ideas like uh, fat is good for you. Uh, or that complex carbohydrates and particularly grain is probably bad for you or that you can't, you know, trying to lose weight through exercise is a, is an impossible task. 
Um, butter is probably good for you. Um, saturated fat is not the cause of heart disease. All these things, you know, cholesterol is not something that you necessarily need to worry about. All these things were really anti-conventional wisdom and kind of raised a lot of eyebrows, um, but attracted a big audience with Mark's Daily Apple. And within a year or two of, of uh, starting that blog, I had enough information, enough research compiled and enough demand that I wrote a book called The Primal Blueprint. And that Primal Blueprint as a brand then sort of expanded into um, events, seminars, um, into um, food, into a coaching program and a lot of other manifestations, but they're all sort of still based around this notion that we should be emulating our ancestors and how we eat and move. I love that. I mean, it really took a lot of courage to, you know, put yourself out there in that way, you know, especially when most of the doctors and people out there were, you know, saying the complete opposite. So what was really driving you in those moments to, you know, because there couldn't have been that much research out there. I mean, was it just a inner knowing or intuition or? Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, because it was an inner knowing. It was an intuition. And combined with a frustration, I'd never had a good experience with doctors in any in any of the uh, relatively infrequent encounters I'd had with doctors. And I say something about the medical profession that I think is quite an indictment. Um, everyone you know has a bad medical story. Some people have a good one too, maybe two good stories, but everyone you know has a bad medical story, something that went wrong with themselves or with a family. It's just, you know, or the, you know, if you have, you bring your blood work to 10 different doctors and you'll get 10, 10 different sort of, evaluations of what you should be doing. One might say, go vegetarian. One might say, go vegan. One might say, start exercising. One might say, I'm going to put you on meds. One might say, well, this paleo thing sounds good. Let's do that. But, but there's no real answers here. There are just opinions. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to give my readers the information to allow them to make the kind of choices in their lives that they felt good about making because they had a little bit of a ground of, of, of being a ground of understanding of how the body works so that if they did make that choice, they sort of knew what they were getting into. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, I think that's really at the core of it because, you know, a diet that works well for someone might be awful for another person. You know, it really is bio-individual for each and every person. Oh, um, that's that IIN coming in there. How did you know? <laughs> that's good. Bio-individual. That's Joshua's big thing. And I, and I agree with it, you know, um, I don't know if you when you took the course, but I'm a faculty member at IIN. Um, one of my one of my lectures got uh, recorded and is shown there. So I know, I know. Um, so for our listeners who aren't quite sure of paleo and primal living, can you give them a little primer on what it actually is? Um, just a basic overview, so they can so that we're all on the same page. Sure. Well, paleo um, is still to this day sort of mostly a diet. So paleo is kind of this notion that we should, again, eat foods that our bodies evolved to eat uh, and, and therefore, you know, mimicking the ancestral patterns of eating lots of vegetables, some meat, fish, fowl, eggs, nuts, seeds, things like that, avoiding sugars, uh, processed grains, uh, certainly industrial seed oils like corn oil, canola oil, soybean oil. Um, and, and paleo is almost as much about what you eliminate, what you don't eat, as it is about what you do eat. Primal, my, my brand of paleo, the primal blueprint is, yes, it, it sort of it, 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 it adheres to that same eating strategy 
with some minor deviations. Like I've always allowed full fat dairy and paleo typically doesn't allow dairy. Um, I've, uh, I've always, um, you know, allowed for a little bit of red wine. Paleo finally decided to allow some red wine recently, but also primal is more a complete lifestyle. So primal has always looked at how much sleep are you getting? Is it enough to, to, um, not just repair the body, but keep, uh, stress hormones down. Uh, how much play are you engaging in? Because uh, humans are designed to be playful animals, not just through um, growing up and not, not through adolescence, but through adulthood as well. Um, what's your movement pattern like? Are you moving around a lot through lots of planes and ranges of motion throughout the day, not just going to the gym and doing one 45-minute workout, but are you moving all day long? I'm standing here, standing at a, I'm at a stand-up desk doing this interview because I like to, I don't like to sit. Um, so move around a lot at a low level of activity, mimicking our ancestral patterns, lift heavy things once in a while, which in my case, if you're going to put it on a calendar or a schedule would mean go to the gym twice a week and, and lift weights. Um, and then sprint once in a while. And that was sort of, a, again, an eyebrow razor for a lot of people like who would ever like try to, uh, advise everybody to sprint once a week. But you know, that's part of the ancestral pattern is to is to go all out for very short bursts of, of uh, energy, uh, raise the heart rate to a max heart rate, not for an hour, but for 30 seconds, 20 seconds or whatever, a couple of times in a workout. Uh, and that kind of mimics an ancestral pattern that would that the that the genes expect of us, which is once in a while to be scared to death and have to take action um, to either avoid getting killed or to chase after something for food or whatever that, whatever that looks like. So we've had fun creating this, um, the 10 primal blueprint laws, which are basically laws that uh, humans have abided by successful humans and, and ones that, that evolve to where we are today uh, through the millennia, you know, eat lots of plants and animals, um, avoid toxic things, move around a lot at a low level activity, get plenty of sleep, get plenty of, play, avoid uh, uh, traumatic experiences to the best you can. Uh, in other words, don't, you know, don't put yourself in harm's way by, say, not wearing a seatbelt or smoking cigarettes all day long and things like that. So, you know, it's, they're pretty common sense laws by the, it, when you kind of pair them all back. But, um, but they have this um, ancestral um, lens through which we kind of put them together. So, so long-winded answer to your question, Liz, but it's basically paleo is sort of mostly diet and primal is this complete lifestyle. I love it. And I loved how you mentioned that you added in wine because I, I read one of your blogs and it was all about the importance of pleasure in life. And I think someone would look at you and say, well, he's, you know, he's got to be so strict with his life and his workouts because he's incredibly fit at it. You know, it's just unreal. Yeah. Like you look better than guys in their 20s, like hands down. So well, thank you. Yeah, so talk, um, to me, talk to me about the role of pleasure and how you incorporate that and still be really healthy. Well, so, you know, at, at, at its essence, like one of the um, things I realized after 20, 30 years of doing full-on endurance training was I never really had much fun while I was racing or training. It was really about managing discomfort. Um, and it wasn't really that sort of pursuit long distance running really isn't fun. You can get in a zone and you can sort of enjoy the experience and be out in nature, but it's not what I would call fun. So um, I sort of refocused a bunch of years ago and I thought to myself, geez, I, I just, 
I've had this hedonistic lifestyle for so long. It's not hedonistic, this, this monastic lifestyle for so long that I want to start to um, engage in some more hedonistic experiences. And so we, we sort of changed the tagline of my company. It's now called Primal Blueprint, uh, Live Awesome. And it's about um, crafting a life way that allows you to extract the greatest amount of pleasure, um, fulfillment, contentment, enjoyment from every moment possible. And whether that means enjoying your workouts more, in my case, I play ultimate Frisbee with 20 somethings. I'm having a blast the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's the toughest workout I do all week. And yet I never think, oh, geez, when's it going to be over? I'm thinking, oh, geez, it's going to be over too soon. I want to keep playing. Um, it's about enjoying every bite of food you eat. People somehow assume that I'm sacrificing great tasting food for help my health. I, look, I eliminate a lot of crap a lot of bad stuff, some of which tastes pretty good, but I have a huge list of foods that I eat that taste awesome. And I make sure that I enjoy every single bite of food I put in my mouth. And in fact, if you were to come up to me with some sort of a, you know, a dry kale salad that you'd made and said, you know, well, this is pretty healthy. This is a pretty healthy salad. Mark. I said, I'm not into it. Sorry. If, if it doesn't taste fabulous, if every bite doesn't taste fabulous, I'm not even interested. So I'm, I'm trying to um, find those moments, whether it's with my family, uh, whether it's at work, whether it's with my, uh, my, my employees, whether it's, uh, with a team on the Frisbee pitch, uh, whether it's, uh, on a hike with friends or out on the, on a paddleboard with friends, whether it's, uh, dining either alone or with other people, I'm looking for the pleasure in every possible moment. I'm looking to extract the greatest amount of enjoyment, contentment, fulfillment possible because, because that's really why we're here. You know, we're, you can have these greater goals. You can have, you know, um, I mean, my goal is I want to affect the lives of 100 million people. That's my goal. But in the process, I want to enjoy it. I don't, I don't want to, like, wait until I either achieve that goal or not to be able to look back and go, well, I guess it's all worth it. I want, I want the journey to be as exciting and, and more exciting, actually. And I want, I want to be able to experience you know, as much as I can in, the, in, in real time without regretting what the past and without fear of the future. But I think you being that way, just being that way is absolutely making a greater impact than if you were, you know, this guy standing on a stage over here, like espousing all this wisdom. I mean, you having that essence and just living a life that way absolutely does more. But I'm really curious, like, when did you start to live that way? Like, what was, do you remember, yeah. was there a moment where you were like, I'm going to start enjoying life and I'm going to start like being present in, in all these moments. Well, the first, the first real epiphany I had was when I had kids. And, um, so a couple of things happened. Um, I, I stopped training hard because I had kids and I didn't want to, um, you know, allocate my Saturdays to a five hour bike ride when I had young, young children. So I sort of got away from the really intense long distance training and started to think, well, how can I really enjoy my life and start playing? So I started playing with my kids I also, um, one of the things I'm most proud of, and and my kids will bring this up, is that uh, the number of soccer practices and and little league games that I that I coached or went to or ref or attended uh, and brought brought them with me um, really was like, and they're 27 and 24, and they'll both tell me that was that was some of the most impactful, um, meaningful times for them was that I would go do stuff with them. You know, we would go to the beach and we would go boogie boarding. Um, and um, 
they would be three, four, five years old, and we'd be out in the waves on boogie boards, all having a blast. And those are some of the, um, the most enjoyable, real moments of my life. And that's and this is when my kids were younger, and I thought, well, geez, I, I mean, how come I can't? Why, why can't I do this all the time? I don't need <clears throat> to work eighty-hour weeks to get where I want to be. I just need to work um, smarter, and I need to hire uh, really great smart people on my team so that I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling compelled to take it all on myself. And, uh, and so it was, a, again, a part of my natural evolution, my, my development as, as a human being, uh, over the years to finally, uh, uh, understand how important it was to play and how important it was to enjoy the moment. And then, you know, you have kids. So, um, you know, like your, your child is three and then like two years later, they're 18. <laughs> At least that's what it feels like. Right. I mean, it just goes by so fast. So, um, anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, waxing too philosophical here, I think, but it yeah. was really important to me to, I mean, it was my, so it was my kids that sort of brought that to my attention that I needed to be able to, to be playful. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, so many people miss those moments. So many people miss that realization. I mean, I just um, interviewed my father. Actually, he was a colonel in the Marine Corps um, about on the subject of leadership. And mm-hmm. I asked him, you know, how, what makes a good leader? And he immediately diverted to talking about the relationship between the parent and the child and how that is the most important relationship that you'll ever have. Because your ability to embody what it means to be a good human and a good person like directly impacts them and yeah. how good that relationship is is just it's it's so much it's so important I can't even put it into words I'm going to start crying yeah. um and so when you just said that I mean you just got it you know it clicked for you so early on when they were so little and I think that that it kind of reminds me of how you acted, you know, when everyone's thinking some way about the medical profession and you saw it and you went this way, you know, I mean, it's really, it's a different way of thinking about so many different things. Well, that's a different way of thinking for a lot of people. And yet it's the way we, I think we should think. I mean, I don't want to foist my ideas on, on everybody, but um, look, I grew up in a, in, in the time when the, you know, the dad went to work and didn't see the kids ever until dinner time, and then the kids went to bed. So there's like a one hour little window where you, you know, you dad came home from work and you ate dinner, and then you went to bed and did your homework or whatever. And and um, it was look. I mean, my my dad dropped my mother off at the hospital to have me. Said I'll pick you up in three days. I mean, that's you know, yeah. there was that was that was just what you did in those days. So um, we, we're in a different time right now, and I think it's really critical because kids are are having a really tough time with social media in particular, um, trying to figure out their place in the world. And uh, so the more FaceTime they get with parents and the more FaceTime they get with other family members uh, and the more, you know, the more team sports they play. I'm a big fan of, of, of team sports, you know, interacting with other humans in real time face to face rather than on a, on a, you know, four inch diameter or uh, diagonal screen. Um, so I don't think it's it's a novel way of looking at things. It's just a, it's just we're, we seem to be like skipping that part of of raising children, skipping that over. And it's and it's it's, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I hope everyone listening pays attention to that that part alone. 
Um, but getting back to what we were talking about before, um, <laughs> I love your LGN, uh, mm. your look good naked. What are your key strategies for looking good naked? Um, I've heard you talk about this before, so I think I kind of know what you're going to say. But what, what, what's something our listeners can start doing today to look better naked? Yeah. Well, um, the focus of what I talk about in terms of diet all centers around a concept called metabolic flexibility. And metabolic flexibility basically means uh, the ability or not to extract energy from different substrates in the body. So most of us cruise through life in this country dependent on carbohydrates all the time. And we never really develop the ability to burn fat, whether it's fat on our plate or fat on our hips or thighs or, or belly or whatever. Um, and because we have access to food all the time, and particularly carbohydrates, we tend to get into this pattern of eating a, a meal that has carbohydrates, insulin shoots up to try and deal with the glucose that's created as a result of those carbs. Um, and then there's a rebound effect, and two hours later, three hours later, you're hungry again. So we typically have this pattern of breakfast. And for a lot of people, breakfast is, you know, waffles or pancakes or toast or bagels or whatever. And then mid-morning snack, coffee break. And then lunch, sandwich, potato chips, french fries, and then an afternoon snack, and then a dinner, and then maybe something while watching TV. And so we never, we're, we're always constantly fueling ourselves and putting, um, putting carbohydrate energy into our muscle cells, and then the excess gets converted to fat. But we never really give ourselves the ability to take that fat out of storage and burn it as fuel. And yet that's our default setting as human beings. We were born with this great ability to burn fat as fuel. Um, cause that's how we were able to survive long periods of time without eating over the millennia. So when I talk about, um, looking good naked, it's really, it's about learning how to burn off your stored body fat and doing it in a way, again, that isn't restrictive, that, that is totally sustainable. That's a life, a lifestyle that you can maintain, not just for the next 30 days while you're, you know, trying to fit into that wedding dress, but for the rest of your life. And metabolic flexibility happens as a result of taking a look at your diet and eliminating refined sugars and sweetened beverages and cakes and candies and cookies and pies and the things that, you know, we all sort of know we shouldn't be eating a lot of, um, if at all. Uh, eliminating um, uh, breads and cereals and, and things like that and eating lots of vegetables and clean sources of protein and healthy fats. And when you do that, the body gets a, a message. It says, well, we're not going to be getting this cheap carbohydrate fuel in, in vast quantities. Let's start burning off some of our own stored body fat. Let's use that for fuel when we're not eating. Um, one of the um, most amazing effects of all this is, it, is you get it, finally get a hold of uh, a control of appetite, hunger, and cravings. So most people live their lives in some form or another thinking about what the next meal is going to be. You know, they're like, um, right, lunch was great. What's for dinner? Um, you know, dinner was good. What's for dessert? Uh, and, and it's just a weird uh, way to think that, you know, we have access to all this food and all we do is think about food and what's next. So the idea about developing metabolic flexibility and getting a hold of your uh, appetite, cravings, and hunger um, includes this cool ability to tap into your body fat stores whenever you don't eat. I've got a new book coming out next year. And one of the, one of the basic premises of it is 
all the good stuff happens in your body when you're not eating. All the cool stuff, all the repair, all the access to the energy stored in the fat cells, all that stuff happens when you're not eating. When you're eating, it's pro-inflammatory, you get sluggish, you get all these hormonal responses in, in real time. Um, and it's not really, it's only serving to put coal into the coal bin for future reference. But all the good stuff happens when you're not eating. So with that in mind, you, you arrive at a point where you go, well, okay, what's the, you know, most people, again, Liz, it's crazy. Most people think uh, about how much food they can eat. Like, what can I get away with eating? What's the most amount of food I can eat and not gain weight? Zero what's pleasure in that. Yeah. What's the biggest, you know, what's the biggest serving of this, of this steak that I can eat and not feel like a glutton or a pig or not feel guilty or not feel so? What's the biggest piece of cheesecake I can have for dessert? Because they cut me a big slice of cheesecake. It must be a serving, right? It's a serving. So if I finish it, it's just one serving. So we live our lives... Uh, many of us eating way more food than we ought to. Well, once you get a hold of your appetite, hunger, and cravings, and once you realize that that um, three bites of cheesecake is plenty for most people, and and after that, now we're just sort of sort of having a contest to see what what sort of a glutton you can be. Um, so instead of seeing what's the most amount of food you can eat, I did an experiment a bunch of years ago, and I thought, what's the least amount of food I can eat? maintain muscle mass, maintain energy, never get sick, most importantly, never be hungry. Mm. And because hunger ruins everything. Hunger is the, the sort of thing that makes every program fail. Well, I realized it's like 30% fewer calories than I thought I needed to get through a day. So most of my life, I was eating more calories than I needed. I was assuming I needed it to maintain muscle mass and to maintain energy and all this stuff. And because I could get away with it because I wasn't gaining weight, <laughs> I wasn't gaining weight didn't mean I wasn't doing something uh, less than healthful for my body. You know, our tendency to overeat once in a while is probably an okay thing. Our, our brains are wired through evolution to, to eat, to overeat because food was so rare uh, um, a million years ago or 50,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago. Food was so rare that we're wired to to overconsume, um, and then we have this amazingly cool ability to take excess calories and convert it into stored energy that we carry around with us on our body. I mean, from an evolutionary perspective, how cool is that? Problem is, we're surrounded by food all the time now. We're still wired to overeat, um, and unless we train our bodies to to build the metabolic machinery to start burning fat, uh, to make ketones, to offset the need for the brain to have to have glucose. Um, we, we're, we're trapped in this vicious cycle of eating, um, overfilling, and then uh, ironically getting hungry again three hours later because we haven't trained ourselves to take the fat out of storage and burn it for fuel. I was just going to say, I mean, I hear all the time from people, you know, they're hungry, they're trying to lose weight, they're on all these different diets, but they're miserable and they're starving. And you're, and you're right, it's just like this cycle. Do you think the cycle is more like food addiction, or do you think it's more like a mental, you know, an emotional attachment to certain foods? I mean, what do you think is really holding people back or keeping? Yeah. Them so like it depends. It depends on the macronutrient, uh, uh, breakdown of your diet. If you are eating lots of carbs and yet you're still trying mm -hmm. to cut calories, 
you'll, it'll fail every time because you'll be, you know, you'll just be raising blood sugar when you have the carbs and then you won't eat and then you'll be hungry again. And then you have more carbs. And, um, if you have a diet that eliminates the simple sugars and the sweetened beverages and the pies, cakes, candies, cookies, bread, cereal, pasta, and all that stuff, and you come down to just eating real food, you'll develop this metabolic machinery that will be good at burning fat. When you do that, um, when the body becomes good at, at taking fat out of storage, it doesn't care. It doesn't know whether the fat in your, in your bloodstream right now headed to your muscles came from a plate of food or from your butt. It just doesn't care because it's so good at accessing that, that fat. So when you get to that point where you are good at burning fat and you're uh, comfortable um, burning ketones in the brain, because ketones are a sort of a this super fuel that we all make as a byproduct of fat metabolism. It's just that most of us never build the metabolic machinery that, to, to, to be able to burn those ketones. Um, when you get to that point, you literally, it's like, I know people who, who have refined this to such a science, they eat once a day. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they force themselves. It's like they don't, they don't need to eat. They're not hungry. They eat once a day. I have a friend who's done this for 10 years. I go, dude, you must have to be really mindful of what you eat when you, when you have dinner at like six o'clock. And I'm thinking in my, in my mind, you got to be mindful to not overeat. And he goes, yeah, I got to be mindful to eat enough because I'm only eating one meal a day. And this is a person who would never, ever, ever complain of being hungry. He's so good at burning off his own stored body fat. That's, and, and when your body has energy, those hormones that would normally control hunger subside. So hunger in that case is a very physiological response to training, retraining your body to be good at burning fat, uh, to literally reconfigure, I call it rewiring your, you know, uh, your genes, uh, to be good at burning fat. Now, in some cases, people, everybody has a sweet tooth. it's just the degree to which that sweet tooth manifests itself. that gets us in trouble, right? So I have a sweet tooth. I mean, I could easily devour a half gallon of ice cream right now. And I did, by the way, uh, every night for almost 10 years when I was a runner, half gallon after, after a big day of eating. Um, But I've, I just, I've lost that craving. I still, if somebody gives me something sweet, I love it. And I am tempted to, to consume more, but I also know what happens if I eat more than three or four bites of it. I have a physiologic response. I, I, my heart starts racing. I start sweating. Body temperature goes up. I start, you know, I get um, an insulin hit, an insulin rush. Um, I maybe don't sleep that night if it's, if it's a dinner time, a post-dinner excess of, uh, of dessert, shall we say. Um, so I know what happens and I'm like not willing to like, I always ask myself is five hours of discomfort worth three minutes of gustatory pleasure. And the answer is when you put it like that, no. Wow. That's great. That's so important. Um, and your, your company is just blowing up. I mean, you have all these different, you know, different types of foods and bars and like all these amazing products, you know, you have a podcast, you have everything like so much going on. How do you stay grounded through it all? I mean, this is just, and it's really expanding like exponentially, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're one of the fastest growing food companies in the country right now. We're in 9,000 stores. We have 25 products right now. Uh, We have 13 salad dressings, three flavors of mayonnaise. Uh, We've got some barbecue sauces coming on board. We've got a bunch of bars. We have uh, collagen 
bars. And then we have a new one, sort of a keto bar. that's just out of this world again, made with all natural ingredients. Um, so we're really excited about that. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, uh, I'm having fun doing this. So that's how I stay grounded. Um, my big thing with my companies, I have 75 employees now, so I have a really good team. Um, and my, uh, my C-suite, you know, my executive level employees are really great. So they do a lot of the heart, the heavy lifting, if, if you will. And so I spend a lot of time in the R and D lab. Like I'm, I'm doing research and development a lab. It's my kitchen, right? So I'm, <laughs> you know, mixing and matching and saying, well, you know, I, I'd really like to have this kind of sauce or I, I'd like a, I'd like a steak sauce that would rival some of the top brands on there, but be hundred percent organic and hundred percent unsweetened. And then let's do it. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, our ketchup, but we just released our ketchup. Um, it's the first, it's the first ketchup that, that ch- checks all three boxes. It's hundred percent organic. It's hundred percent unsweetened and wow. it tastes great. And it tastes great. There have been others that have tried to do two boxes, you know, organic and taste good, but sweetened or organic and sweetened, but tastes like, or tastes like, or unsweetened, but tastes like crap. Yeah. I mean, ours is like, I mean, we, we're thrilled it, we just, uh, we gave, uh, Whole Foods an exclusive for the first 90 days. And it's been just, they've been killing it, crushing it as the kids say today with, uh, with that. <laughs> yeah. so ketchup is probably my favorite condiment. So I can't wait to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And kids love it too, which is like the main thing. Oh yeah. My boys three and six, I'll definitely get it yeah. for them. Um, so what's next? I mean, what's, you've got all these products coming out. What's next for Primal Blueprint? Um, so we always have new new products. Um, I've got a book coming out next year, sort of a, a, an anti-aging longevity book. Um, I'll feature more of, of my wife in there uh, in addition to myself. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just uh, I, like I, I tell people I've been working for 50 years now. Um, actually more than 50 years. I, I tell my kids I've been working 40 hours a week since I was 12. Um, <laughs> So I, was, I had a full-time job mowing lawns in the summertime. And then I went when I was 12 and 13. Then when I was 14, I painted houses full-time in the summertime. And so I've always worked uh, hard. And I, and I, I think the last two years, I probably worked harder. Uh, I shouldn't say harder. I've, I've worked more than in my, the rest of my entire life. And yet I've had more fun doing it. And, and that's huge for me is to have fun doing this and to, and to feel like I'm making an impact uh, in people's lives. Uh, certainly the information I've disseminated over the years with the books and the blog has helped millions of people, but offering a food product that whether or not you ever heard of paleo or ever heard of primal or ever heard of me, you pick up the bottle and you go, wow, these are really clean ingredients. I think I'll try this. You know, that's, that's, I think how I get to the next level of affecting, you know, hundred million people. Man. So what drives you? I mean, what drove 12 year old Mark to work all summer. I mean, is it, is it the same drive? Like what's, what's pushing you constantly? Well, 12 year old Mark just wanted some spending money. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, 17 year old Mark put himself through college painting houses. Wow. Uh, and then 22 year old Mark uh, didn't go to med school because he was too busy um, painting houses to support a, a world running tour. Uh, for three years in uh, training for the Olympics in 1980. So I've, I've always had a, you know, a a strong entrepreneurial drive. And then, I mean, I guess the training that I did with uh, marathoning at first, and then ultimately with triathlon kind of gave me, um, you know, a mindset that I, if I, if I put my mind to it, I could get it done. And uh, 
the the food company, which is again one of the most successful food companies to come along in in decades, um, it's only three and a half years old. So it's really a it's a forty year overnight success story, is what it is, <laughs> because I spent I spent ten years building the brand Primal before I ever launched the food company. Mm. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of credibility that that has gone with my teachings and my seminars and my books and my blog and things like that. Well, and I'm sure that's why it is so successful because you have done all the groundwork. You have built trust with your following and your audience. I mean, you literally lived that kind of life. So you, yeah, I would buy that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, if we could put a bow on this interview, you know, what do you want our, our listeners to remember about true health and nutrition? I mean, I think the first, the first point to make is that it's never too late. So, um, whether you're, you know, uh, just out of college and don't know what you're going to do with your life or you're, um, a midlife crisis, uh, you know, uh, empty nester mom, or you're 75 years old and you're facing, uh, immobility, it's never too late to take action to allow your genes to rebuild, renew, regenerate, recreate yourself. That's point number one. Point number two is, from there, it's just about the choices that you make. And as I said fairly early on, I, I view my job as a blogger and an author and a lecturer to just avail people of certain choices that will probably get them to their goals, um, not just faster, um, but probably with a little bit more ease and grace than what they're currently undertaking. Um, so the other part of that equation is that it may not be easy, but if you, if you take some of these steps, if you take that first step, you will always progress more toward health than toward disease. Uh, if you're mindful about this and if you, if you have that awareness and create that education about how the body works. Absolutely. So are you ready for our rapid fire questions? Oh, geez, here we go. They're not bad. Don't worry. Ah, They're not bad. Just fill in the blank here. Okay. Uh, True health is. Uh, true health is joy. I believe in. Uh, I believe in myself. I love that. I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for so many things that I couldn't even begin to um, elucidate or to, to, to enumerate or to list them. And, and it's like every time I do a little grateful uh, gratefulness um, process, it's like, holy crap. I just go, this, 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 like I'm, my mind starts filling with things. So. Uh, you can't corral me with that one. <laughs> love is. Uh, love is connection. Hmm. And what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Um, uh, it, if, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Hmm. There's a lot behind that, but I mean, you know. I'm like waiting. (laughs) No, that's good. That's good. Um, And so if people want to find more out about you and get all into Primal Blueprint, how do they find you? Uh, So uh, marksdailyapple.com is the blog. Uh, If you go to primalblueprint.com, you'll find all of our products and a little description of everything there. Um, Books are on Amazon uh, also. Um, Products are in 9,000 stores now. So we're in, you know, uh, uh, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Raley's, Wegmans, Kroger, Safeway, Public, 
Costco. We're all over the place. So check out the products. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and just everything. I mean, we covered parenting and nutrition and health. I mean, it was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, appreciate it. My pleasure. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you love this episode I did with Mark. Um, he's amazing. He's so knowledgeable. He's so wise. Um, just the way that he's lived his life, I think is an example for anyone. Um, so by him sharing his story, I feel uplifted and I hope you do too. If you love this episode, please don't hesitate to leave it a five-star review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You just press those three dots, uh, on Apple podcasts and you can share it via email or text. And that's really how the show has grown. It's just by sharing it. So thank you and see you next week. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Motherhood Unstressed CBD Supplements. These are the supplements that are going to help you battle stress and anxiety in a natural way that's going to make you feel grounded and calm and ready to take on the day. I'd also like to thank our sponsor for Sigmatic. These are the medicinal mushrooms. I add them to my coffee every single morning. I never miss a morning and I feel amazing all day long. Cordyceps are amazing for energy and sex drive. The chaga is amazing for immunity, and the reishi is amazing for sleep. So if I want to be able to sleep at night, I just add it to my tea, and I'm good to go. Um, I also like to thank the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. This is the school that I went to. Um, I can't, I really can't thank them enough. I mean, going to that school absolutely changed the course of my life. Like, I already was super interested in health and wellness before joining. I think that's a pretty normal thing for a student and why they would want to join. But what I learned ended up opening my mind in so many different ways and also gave me a really intense business acumen. So learning about business and marketing through them also was incredibly helpful and is really the reason why I'm doing all the things that I'm doing now is because I was exposed to amazing teachers and, and I had the support there that I needed. So if you're interested in checking them out, head on over to my website. I've got a sample class you can look at. I've got a sample curriculum. And if you do end up on a discovery call with IAN, mention my name, Elizabeth Carlisle, and you will get almost $1,000 off, if not more, uh, from your tuition. Um, they work a lot with affiliates and referrals. So let me be that for you and save you some money and help you on your path to learning more about health and wellness and then being able to create a ripple effect in the lives of others.